Welcome to the What I Love About Men podcast. I'm your host, Steph Ganowski. After having multiple negative experiences with men, I started to believe all men were toxic. That is, until a few male strangers challenged my belief completely. This made me realize that a major problem with men in relationships stems from the fact that most men don't really love themselves or pay enough attention to their own strengths. I want to change that. Now I'm on a mission to help men thrive mentally, emotionally, physically, and sexually in their relationships with themselves and with women. So stay tuned and see how my passion can help you as a man. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode on the What I Love About Men podcast. Today's guest is all masculinity. We're talking masculinity in terms of healing from a breakup, the difference between isolation and solitude when it comes to masculinity, assessing emotions appropriately as a masculine man, the five tactical virtues, and the five pillars of masculinity. So a lot of talk around masculine strength, um, assessing your emotions and getting a better understanding of them, and how to come out of a breakup and heal yourself and just understand that you can do it in a way that's empowering instead of isolating. So I welcome you, Stephanos. He's been immersed in deep men's empowerment work and the exploration of intimate and sacred relationships. Having worked with thousands of men and women from all over the world, elite special forces soldiers, Olympic gold medalists, some of the best fighters, multiple world champions, and leveraging physical challenge as an opportunity for transformation and exploration, Stephanos has learned much about the male and masculine condition, and as a result, deep insight into the feminine and female condition. So get excited for this interview. Hey, Stephanos, thanks so much for being on the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Likewise, super excited to be here. So have you reached out and, um, and I just really loved a lot of your posts because they're, they're different from a lot of the stuff you see out there. And I, I, I thought, hey, like he's touching on a lot of topics that most people don't. And these, the answers that you give will be so beneficial for my audience. So yeah, I'd love to dive in with you. Thank let's, you. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. So let's start with healing from a breakup. Um, When it comes to, there's a lot of men, especially listening to this now, who are trying to overcome, um, you know, either toxic past relationships or even just relationships that were really great um, and they they were in love and now they're Mm -hmm. heartbroken and they don't really know how to move past these um, toxic relationships or these loving relationships and Mm. kind of just healing from them so that they can move on like what do you think is the first step towards healing in a process like that yeah so specifically for men yes yes yeah so specifically for men it's it's very important and so there are some elements of what to do or how to behave or how to be post-relationship whether the relationship is a quote-unquote healthy breakup or the relationship is a really unhealthy breakup or it's coming from a very unhealthy place. We can call it toxic, but to avoid using that word just because of the stigma that's associated with it, we can say a very dense, heavy, unhealthy breakup. So there'll be some crossover where some of the things we do, for example, um, I would suggest surrounding yourself with a tribe that you trust and respect. Men need to be with men. And so whether that's an unhealthy breakup or even a healthy breakup, there's going to be elements of loss that you're experiencing or perceiving. There's going to be pain in the separation. There's going to be joy as well if it's a really healthy um, breakup in terms of, wow, I really value what we shared and I really value what we experienced. And I also need to be surrounded by my brothers. I need to be surrounded by my brethren and a tribe that sees me and appreciates me and can just assist me through any times that I'm, I'm asking myself, wow, did I do the right thing? Or, hey, I really miss her or whatever it may be, right? And there's also going to be elements like 
if you're recovering from a very traumatic relationship, you need to seek professional help. If it's a really traumatic relationship and that's a repeat pattern in your life, you need professional help, whether it's a, a shaman, a counselor, a psychologist, um, a spiritual healer, a guide, someone that can really serve you in that space. That's really important. We have to deal with our trauma. We have to deal with our pain and the wounding that we brought into relationship if we brought that into relationship and really look at that so we don't keep repeating those cycles again and again and again. Surrounding yourself with loved ones is super, super important. Um, it's important that post-relationship you're incorporating lightness and fun into the dynamic, into your life. Don't just make it about self-reflection and journaling and solitude. Although if it brings me, that brings me to my next point, solitude is really important for men. Now, solitude is very different from isolation and very different from being alone. Solitude is a deliberate act to be in one's own space, to learn and grow in a different way, to challenge. Men learn through challenge and we also learn through, and this is a male thing, a cultural man thing and a biological male thing. We learn through challenge and we grow through challenge and we learn through sometimes despair and pain and we grow through despair and pain. And so when we're in solitude, we get to know a lot about who we are as people and as men in reference to the world and in reference to ourselves. So solitude is that deliberate act to be alone in order to grow. Whereas aloneness and isolation is passive. It's a victimization. It's, it's very painful. It's suffering. It, it comes from fear. Um, various types of fears, you know, whether it's being fear of being abandoned, fear of being seen, it's easier to be alone, um, scared to make friends, scared to be seen, whatever it is. So isolation and solitude are very different. Um, get clear on why you broke up. That's really important. Whether you're recovering from a traumatic relationship or a really healthy one, just get clear on why you broke up. Understand that so you don't keep bringing the same shit into the next relationship. Um, Engage in self-confidence building activities. That's really important. So that could be jumping out of a plane, something like that, and build your self-confidence. Or it could be making new friends, speaking to new people, applying for a new job at work, taking on a new project, taking on a new hobby that's really technically challenging. So, you know, so, and then you overcome it. Maybe it's doing jujitsu or hitting a boxing gym that you've never done that before and learning a new skill. That's really important. Bring novelty into your life and something that builds your self-confidence because you're learning a new skill. That's really important. Avoid blaming and shaming yourself, but, or, and take responsibility of your actions and who you are. And self-love, self-love and self-compassion. Be kind to yourself. That's such an important part of the whole process. We've got, you've got to do that. You've got to, you've got to be kind to yourself with respect to what's, how you're treating yourself, how you're talking to yourself. Because we, in, as men, we get in that habit of hating on ourselves and that's not healthy. So there are, there are some, quite a few things that we can do as men post-breakup. That was awesome. I was going to cut in a bunch of times. And I was like, no, he's on a roll. I'm going to let him go. This is great Sorry. stuff. <laughs> no, it was so good. Um, those are all amazing, amazing tips for these guys. Um, and I love that you brought up the difference between solitude and isolation. Like I would, mm. I would never think to bring that up. Mm. Um, and I do have, I mean, you, you just hear it from guys where a lot of times men and women do this, but like the guys I hear from will say, well, I just need to focus on myself. And often yeah. I'll ask them, well, what does that mean? Like, what are you doing then? And they'll be like, it, it ends up being isolation, you know, where they say, yes. you know, I'm just going to be alone. I'm going to journal a lot. I'm going to yeah. think a lot. I'm going to, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Hmm. 
man. No, no, very few men do that. So that that's they're, they're bullshitting you. So because they're in avoid, they're most men, not everyone, not all men, but most men because they're in avoidance. And so, an example of solitude is in the in traditional tribal groups and old nomadic cultures and just old cultures in general. They would do something like the Aboriginal people in Australia would do walkabout. Uh, American Indian or Native American uh, people would would go out and and by themselves these are rites of passages that would take place solitude is part of that you would go out by yourself and you'd be in the elements in nature the desert the bush the forest the mountains whatever you'd come back and you'd be met by your elders you'd be met by other men that would see you and witness you in this change we don't have that rite of passage in today's society men lack that connection they lack that connection to eldership because most of the elders are looking for eldership still those men that are 60 70 80 years old are still inside lost little boys because they never got that healthy masculine role model from, from other men and from tribe. And so solitude is very, very important. Again, it's part of being a man, uh, yet very few of us do it and have access to it and know how to have access to it in a healthy, empowering way. Mm. That's the thing. Like, I'm glad you mentioned that because you know, when I think of solitude, I have more of like this negative connotation with it. Like when I heard you, I was like, they shouldn't be alone for that long, but you're right. Like there needs, it's great, but there needs to be a balance of it. Like you can't. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And not socialize with anyone just because you You had a a hermit. Yeah. You become a hermit. No, it's a, it's a balance and there's a cycle. You can move. I have a six step cyclical cycle for dealing with, with pain and grief and and, and and part of it is being alone, part of it is self-nurturing, part of it is being with people, part of it's incorporating fun and lightness in your life, part of it's being very critical, not critical, sorry, critically reflective and being um, uh, reflective of your life and understanding, okay, why has this happened? Where has this happened? What does this mean? Who am I being? Uh, could I be different? You know, that type of process, but it's a cycle that continues. Mm-hmm. I like that, critically reflective. Mm. I just did, um, I did a post yesterday about just owning your shit as a man and calling yourself out, mm. like internally even, not even, mm. you know, so that when you are in a relationship with a woman and she calls you out, you're not intimidated and you don't feel the need to defend yourself. Yep. Um, yeah. Yep. And I think that's, that's something that a lot of men can practice is that inner conversation with themselves. Cause I feel like women talk to themselves a lot more than men do. Like we have, yes. we're more comfortable doing that. It's like, yes. Yes. Yeah. Talking to this is this 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 is the issue. So men have lost such time. So men have been isolated for way too long, and it's affecting all of society. Not just not just men, not just the individual. It's affecting everyone. What do you mean so by men have lost, been isolated for so long? Well, we, you, okay. I'll give you a very specific example. I have a private Facebook group. It's called the Conscious Man. Um. 2,000 something men in there. One of the greatest pain points because they all, they all have to answer. They don't have to answer, but they all get to answer a set of questions when they come into the group. One of the greatest pain points is I'm alone. I have no one to talk to. I don't have friends. I, f- I feel alone in my expression. I, I, I compartmentalize everything. I internalize everything. I don't have anyone to talk to. They've got no one. They don't have social groups. They don't have friends. They, they feel isolated. They can be surrounded by people, but they feel alone because they don't know how to communicate. They don't know how to express those feelings that they're feeling and what they're actually thinking and experiencing. And even that, you can be surrounded by hundreds of people every day, but you feel alone. So men are not really taught how to be emotionally expressive. So 
I'm not, I'm be really clear on something. I'm not one of those guys or I'm not someone who believes that I, I believe we have to be very, the word here is very deliberate with our expression as well. And it's not that the expression is contrived in any capacity, but it, we're not watery and leaky with our emotion either because that's not healthy. Mm-hmm. So as men, we have to have an ability to access our emotions in the appropriate time, in the appropriate way, in front of the appropriate people. Mm-hmm. Because it, to be watery and very leaky and volatile in our emotional expression, that's not masculinity either. And that's not healthy. And that's not what men want to do. The men don't want to just sit there and cry all the time or be, or be emotionally expressive all the time. But we have to have permission and know that it's safe and know that we're not going to be judged and we're not going to be uh, our masculinity or sense of self or manhood is not going to be questioned or threatened if we are expressive. Again, in front of the right people, what does that mean? Have a group of men around you that you trust, respect and revere and that it's mutual and it's reciprocated. We've evolved in tribes of men and bands of brothers. Men have been responsible for extending the perimeter of safety in one's living environment. This goes back millions of years. Men have been responsible for hunting, for providing, for... We, it's, it's innate within us and we've done that in conjunction with other men. Yes, sometimes we've done it on our own, but we've also done it in conjunction with other men, in band, bands of brothers, bands of men, where we'd rely on each other's skill set to survive. And so that's something that's very innate within us at a biological level. You know, we talk about masculinity and femininity and there's various parts to masculinity and femininity there's the biological expression of masculine feminine there's the cultural expression of masculine feminine and these are these are these are different these are different things right so there's the cultural biological and then there's the essence of masculinity and femininity as well and so there's there's masculine feminine dynamics and the essence meaning sorry the polarity i should clarify that and so it's, it's the, the, there's biological, cultural, and the polarity of masculinity and femininity. And so the, it's more complex than what we think. You know, yes, masculine, feminine energies reside within every single human being. That's the, that's the polarity of um, masculine, feminine. And there's, a, quote, unquote, somewhat of an, a nature to it where there's biological drives for when you're a man and you're in your healthy masculine, i.e. you're confident, you're certain, you're stable, you're consistent in your behavior, that is attractive to the woman, to the feminine, the core essence of the feminine within the woman. She finds that safe. She finds that endearing. She finds that enduring. She finds that attractive. Now, we understand that we can't negate the biology behind why we do what we do. When we're communicating, if a man is communicating with a woman, it's because somewhere in his unconscious, part of him is saying, yes, she's going to be a really good mother. And she's doing the exact same thing to him. She's sizing him up in an unconscious way. These are biological impulses that are happening so much we don't know. We don't, we're not conscious of it and aware of it. So, you know, sex is driven by our need to reproduce. Attraction is driven by our need to reproduce. Yes, we're, all at a, we're also at a point in our collective consciousness and our psychological collective where we've changed and evolved a great deal so now we have to have add that layer to ourselves who we are as people but there's so much more than just meets the eye right and we have to be mindful of that when we're talking about interacting with other people we're talking about love romance relationships connection sexuality and all of that there's so much that goes into this mm. I don't mean to overwhelm the the audience either but <laughs> no no it's very interesting it's very good um yeah, and just a quick question for you based on that. Do you think that the the progress of evolution will ever 
override like our innate biological beings as men and women like we were changing so much over time like do you think we'll ever get to this point where it's like no this is like evolution has changed so much like we're not we don't have this masculine and feminine core essence anymore Mm. what i'm hearing correctly is what if what you're asking i could be wrong is, is is the cultural evolution of our society going to outweigh or mm-hmm. impact deeper our biological impulses that unconsciously yeah. drive us because i feel like we're getting to this point where it's so much like we're equals we're equals i'm like yeah yeah no equity and equality are different yeah yeah so yeah. so we, yes it's very important and we have access to resources equally but that's an equity conversation it's not an equality conversation your brain is as a female is different to my brain as a male Mm-hmm. that's shaped by environment, but it's also shaped by our biology. Where are we going to be in a million years' time? I don't know. Does androgyny exist? Yeah, it does. I mean, people are born with both male and female genitalia. That doesn't necessarily define masculine, feminine. I mean, again, these are very, very complex conversations. To answer your question, I don't know. I think that we're always, based in the expression that we are now in, this physical, in these physical bodies as they are, We'll always have an element of biology and culture that influences who we are and why we behave, what we be, how we behave. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it just is. And just understanding that is and knowing that is okay. That's okay. Yeah. I, th- I just think it's, you know, it's important to know it's okay that we're different. You know, yeah, we have to embrace sure. our differences as men yeah. and women. And, and celebrate our sameness. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's just, there's so much confusion now around what is masculinity, you know, where men are like, I don't even know, like, what is masculinity anymore? Because we're, there's so much talk of, you know, we're, we're the same, and we're gonna, you know, we're equals where there's no difference between blah, blah, blah. So it's just making it more and more hard to distinct, like the qualities of a masculine male and the qualities of a feminine female. And I think it's a lot of men are having trouble being you know, which brings us to the next topic of like, how do I be this assertive masculine figure, but also express vulnerability, which seems to be like the thing to, to heal me or make me, you know. Only because it's been suppressed for so long in a, in a society that's been very complex. It wasn't, we didn't need to be emotionally vulnerable. I don't know. I'm assuming we didn't based on what we know around history, but we didn't need to be so emotionally vulnerable. Um, you know, 500,000 years ago, it was more a matter of survival, less a matter of um, mm. cultural affluence and, yeah. and having an ability to relate at deeper levels because we we're more concerned with survivability. Um, yeah, see, there's a, there's a movement or a school of thought that, you know, women want men to be more like women, but then that's what they're repelled by. And so men are confused mm. because, mm-hmm. oh, we need to be more like women. But naturally, there's a... There's a there's a repelling there. A woman doesn't want to be with a woman if she's a heterosexual woman. Like she wants a, a masculine man, a, a healthy masculine man. Um, to answer your question, there's, there's a couple of things there like in terms of how do men be men. There's two, there's two things. First is, are you good at being a man? That's the one, number one question. So that's one question. And then the second question is, are you a good man? And they're two very different questions. So are you good at being a man and are you a good man? The first deals more with, here's an example of what it means to be a man. And if you can meet these examples, if you can meet the criteria of that, you're stepping into healthier versions of masculinity. Part of that question or most of it is vested in biology. 
what's natural to us as men. And it takes, a, it draws a lot from evolutionary theory. The second part is, are you a good man? Is more of a cultural inference. So for example, I'll give you a, an extreme example, but it would make sense, right? A suicide bomber. I'll give this example often. A suicide bomber has, is attached to a particular religion or culture or spiritual belief or whatever. He goes and blows himself up and hurts and kills hundreds of people, right? From the group that he comes from, from the sect that he comes from, they're celebrating him. What a good man. What a man of God. What a man of such honor and grace. Now, the victims of that or the people that are on the receiving end of that are thinking to themselves, what a man of disgrace. He's not an honorable man. He's an evil person. And so same, same person did the same thing. Two different camps are viewing it very differently. One camp saying he's a good man, but the other camp saying he's a good man. So what makes him a good man? So that cultural inference is very different. And I feel that if we don't have the biology nailed, if we don't really connect to the what does it mean to be a good man, we're going to struggle to really understand ourselves. And or, sorry, what does it mean to be good at being a man? We're going to struggle to get into, okay, well, let me be a good man because we're just, we're not really getting to the core essence of our masculinity. So let me go a little bit deeper into what it may mean to be good at being a man, right? So in my model of, I've got a few different models and there's one that I, that I use called, um, uh, uh, um, sorry, I've just got a mental blank. Um, five tactical virtues. Sorry, eluded me. I was thinking of the five pillars of masculinity. Um, and that's another model as well. So I've got, you know, it's five pillars of masculinity that help us actually, let me start there. So there's five pillars of masculinity, protect, provide, pursue, procreate and presence okay now now these five pillars help us understand ourselves and so when we're talking about protecting we're not just we're not talking about protecting those that are weaker than us we're talking about protecting our interests we're talking about protecting what we perceive is ours now we're obviously we're we're interjecting that into a culture it's, it's the way that we protect is relative to the culture so we're not going to cause harm to others. That's not the culture that we live in. We don't need to. It's not about that. It's not about excessive protection. That's not healthy either. That's not for the involvement because that's we're coming from fear. So we're talking about protecting what we believe is our sacredness, our morality, protecting our values and holding strong in those values. Providing. So providing is very important because we're, we're coming from an empowered mindset. We're able to provide for ourselves and for our tribe as well. We're able to add value to our tribe. Again, something that's very innate with all, with all men. But when we become pathological or excessive in these or extreme in any of these, we start to lose a healthy sense of masculinity. Pursuit. Pursuit is very important. Pursuit lays the foundation of what it means to be a man. But women pursue as well. They just do it in a different way. So we start to learn how to pursue as healthy men, right? Um, procreation. What would, be, what would be an example of pursuit as a healthy man? In what context? Are you talking about pursuing one's purpose? Or are you talking about pursuing in a sexual way? What are you, in what context? Um, let's do purpose. Great. So getting clear on while we're here, one of the, per, the, the, one of the greatest purposes of man is to be active with his hands. 
is to create in the world. It's our version of creation is being in the outside world and creating stuff. Mm. A woman's primary version is giving life and birthing life. We, we're not bestowed with that gift. What a tremendous gift. Now, it doesn't just say women don't create things and build buildings and stuff like that. It's just that there's, there's been a drive for man to meet that level of creation with woman, and he does it in his way. And, and one of those ways is being artful and skillful with our hands. In other words, creating, taking action, building momentum. And so the pursuit of our purpose comes down to knowing ourselves. So when we start to unpack all this, it's not just a word or pursuit. It's so much more than that. It's about knowing ourselves, about being self-aware. It's about understanding what drives us, what, understanding our pain points, understanding our woundings, healing those, being surrounded by people that, you know, pursuing being surrounded by excellence in order to help us be, have carry meaning in our lives surrounded by people because in from an evolutionary perspective we weren't asking the question of what's my value and what's my worth we knew if we were excellent at making weapons then that's what we did our self-esteem our self-worth was derived from the value we added to the group if you're isolated as a man and you're on this this merry-go-round or you're on this this in this rat race where you're not really contributing meaningfully to an organization or rather a small group of people that you know intimately, but rather this massive organization of thousands of people, which so many of us work in, right? How are you going to feel that you have purpose in your world? So, you know, when you ask that question about pursuit, it's, it's around packing a lot, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. The next one's procreation, which is fairly straightforward. It's, you know, it's, it's innate biologically within us to procreate. And not everyone wants to have children, and, you know, 500,000 years ago, 100,000 years ago, 50,000 years ago, a million years, it was a different story. Um, we're, at a we're at a time in our lives, what I mean by we're changing culturally and socioeconomically, geopolitically. We're at a time where we don't have to procreate. However, it's still something that drives us. And some people genuinely don't want to have children, yet they, their desire to have sex is driven by procreation at some subtle level. And then we have presence. Now, presence is for me, probably one of the most important postures a man can take. And what I mean by that is that it's, you know, presence, it allows us to create safety. It allows us to be certain. It's a form of leadership. It allows us, again, to create momentum in the world and bring power into our lives. And we, you know, we can learn to leverage presence you know, in a very powerful way through our breath, through our posturing, our physical posturing, through our attentiveness, through our insights, through our foresight through our ability to um, uh, be present to what's important to us. So they're the five pillars of masculinity. I love those. Um, then I have tech, five tactical virtues. And so I initially got this idea of the, there were four tactical virtues by an author, Jack Donovan, very interesting, uh, interesting guy. And I, and I sort of expanded on these tactical virtues and I added another one. And so they're strength, courage, mastery, honor, and um, connectivity. And so when we're behaving in these ways, when we're staying true to this code, this tactical virtue, we're actually being good at being a man. So strength, for example, it's, it's a superpower that we have as men. We're, we're biologically um, strong. And so being adept in our body, having confidence in our bodies, doesn't mean you have to be the fastest runner in the world or the strongest man in the world. It means you have to have confidence in your body, have physical prowess, train, exercise, move your body. That's what we're designed to do. Courage is very important. In our world, it's about facing our internal psychological fears and it's also being courageous out in the world, climbing the mountain, fighting the bear, whatever it is. That is, 
find instances in your life where you can be courageous. You know, walk up to that girl and ask her out. You know, apply for that job, work on that new project, whatever it is, right? Find those instances in your life where you can be courageous. Have the difficult conversation and practice courage because the practice of courage is the moving through fear. Mm. I love Master. that. I love like just find it. You know, if you feel yeah. like you don't have courage find in your it. life, go find it. Go join a boxing gym and start sparring. Simple as that. Every man should do that. We're, we're, that's another thing, right? Like we're, we're men of Ireland. If we deny that, we're just suppressing and that doesn't help. We're violent. Full stop. We have aggressive tendencies. It's part of our hormonal profile. Now, I might get slaughtered for saying that, and it's fucking true. However, there's a caveat to that. We don't live in times where we have to be violent. We don't live in times where we have to walk up on the street, for most of us, and hurt someone physically and take their belongings, although that happened. But we don't have to be violent. Just because we are violent as well, we've, been, we've lived most of our evolution as violent. It doesn't mean we have to be violent with ourselves or each other now, but we can find healthy outlets to express that anger, that aggression, the violence, whatever. Whether it's boxing, whether it's chopping wood, whether it's being physical, whether it's harnessing that creative energy into serving humanity. There's ways to channel that energy deliberately and it can happen. We just have to be very wise of how we do that. But we get that opportunity to reframe what violence means for us. You know, you can put it in sport, play sport, whatever. But ma mastery is important. Mastery is the next one. Mastery is about having a skill and just mastering it, being really good at that. And that's part of how we derive our self-worth, our self-esteem and our self-value in the world. So it's important for men to be really good at something. And honour, honour, or let me actually leave honour last. Connectivity is that not being isolated. We have to ha be in the trust, physical perimeter of trusted group of men that we care for. It's in our DNA. It's in our psyche, collective and individual. We need to be connected to other men. So when you have these four things, these four elements, and you add honour, honour is the fifth, honour ties all of these up. So when you're doing all of this and being all of this and you're honourable and you're living authentically, you carry honour in your life. That's a really that's a tremendous virtue for men. And so I've given you a synopsis, a brief breakdown, but those tactical virtues and the five pillars, the five tactical virtues and the five pillars of masculinity, uh, if you can practice over a period of time those elements of living, you become good at being a man. Then you can start talking about values. Then you can start talking about, oh, I'm a nice, considerate man, or, oh, I'm a strong, vulnerable man, or, oh, I'm a caring, compassionate man. They come after. Then you can start to define yourself because you may define compassion as a, a great quality in, in someone. I think most people would, but some people may not. It may not be their prior, primary quality that they define someone as being quote-unquote good. Mm. And so you get to define that for yourself after you start honouring the essence of who you are. Now, that's just my opinion. The five pillars of masculinity and the five tactical virtues. It's just one aspect of, and it's my opinion. It's just a belief system that I have. You take it or leave it. If it works for you, great. If it doesn't, that's okay too. Mm. You know, and, and, and expand on it and then share that with me so I can grow as well. Yeah. <laughs> looking I to love grow. it. I love both of those so much. I've never, um, never thought about it like that. Like I never found any type of structure like that where it's like, the five pillars where men can focus on different yeah. masculine areas of their lives. But yeah, going yeah. back to connectivity, why do you think, and, and the Facebook group you were telling me about, why do you think yeah. so many men 
And me getting on the phone with a ton of men, I often find that they struggle with friendships with other men too. And that's a big thing. Why do you think that's so hard for men today to find that, that tribe of men that they can trust and open up to and just befriend in general? There's a couple of reasons. One, because we don't have guidance that we need to help us navigate our social circles from a young age and help us understand and so we develop our own sense of self when a boy transitioning to a man lacks a rite of passage and he lacks support and guidance he makes his own shit up and that's not healthy goes to drugs goes to aggressive behavior he's not regulated whereas women females have a very distinct rite of passage it's their menstrual cycle you're a girl guess what now you're a woman now you can give birth men don't have that yeah we grow so do women. We don't have that very distinct biological rite of passage from childhood to adulthood. Mm-hmm. So we need guidance and we lack so much guidance. Divorce rates are over 50%. Fathers are lacking. I'm not blaming fathers. It, this, is a, this is a social issue. This is a together issue. But boys are lacking male role models. So that's part of the issue. Mm-hmm. The next part is that we're not really taught how to emotionally regulate ourselves in an effective way that's um, relevant to us as men and so that suppressing of our emotional selves it stops us from getting close stops us from bonding mm. now not every culture is like this i'm largely referring to american australian culture um you know some of europe new zealand maybe well, these anglo-saxon countries but again new zealand and australia aren't Anglo-Saxon, well, they are Anglo-Saxon countries now. However, the original tribal people of those lands are not Anglo-Saxon and would do life quite differently. Mm. But that culture, most cultures, and same here in the US, Native American people. But again, there's so many different um, groups of Native American people as well, American American Indian people. Um, that they but again very different to anglo-saxon very different from each other but different to anglo-saxon yeah and caucasoid yeah Yeah. what do you think is the um like what well what can men do like based on our culture today like what do you think is the is the primary focus for men if they want to become more social with other men and join you know join a simple stuff start a meetup join a meetup join a a sporting team it's going to be good for your health you you probably work too much you probably don't look after your health Mm. you've you've got to since when the fuck did a dad bod become uh acceptable it's it's not cool it's not it's not it's not cool to be unhealthy full stop it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman or however you identify yourself you're a human being it's not cool to be unhealthy you're doing a disservice to yourself and you're doing a disservice to society. You're putting a socioeconomic strain on society, first of all. And, second, and secondly, you just, you know, you're denying your friends and family and your community of a fuller version of self. We all know when we're healthy, we are more vibrant, we're more creative, we have more spaciousness, we think clearer. We're able to do more and be more in the world. We're happier, generally, our sense of well-being and wellness. So start a meetup, join a meetup, join a sporting club that you enjoy do something different join an archery club Uh, join if you have a hobby of stamp collecting join a stamp collecting club and start to at least resonate with people that share similar cultural values or hobbies that's a starting point Mm -hmm. and then just be discerning from there like be okay this is the type of person i'd like to hang around with um spend some time with yourself thinking who who's an ideal friend 
and list some qualities. And it doesn't have to be an extensive checklist that you, when you're meeting someone, you literally, oh, I'm checking this box. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's, he, he yeah. earns over 100,000. Oh, he likes stabs. Oh, he, he has two kids. You know, be flexible, but make a checklist in terms of a, a, a loose checklist that you're not attached mm-hmm. to. What type of friend do you want to bring in your life? These are things that men can do. And just get out of your comfort zone. Stop watching TV and drinking beer and smoking cigarettes. And not that everyone does that. Mm-hmm. But stop avoiding whether it's gambling, whether it's prostitution, whether it's womanizing, whether it's working too much, whether it's just avoiding your stuff, and just you know, join a join a anything. If you're an, if you're have an alcohol problem, join AA. I'm not saying AA is a is a is a cure of all. I'm saying that it's something. Lots of options, but we don't take them because we get we become very comfortable in our habituation. That's not healthy because mm-hmm. that, that, those habits become our habitat by which we live by. Yeah. And then they create our new beliefs of, you yeah. know, I'm not that guy. Yeah. I can never have that. And that's, yeah. Yeah. that's where a lot of men are today. Like, you know, yes. like I can never get that or I don't, I don't deserve that. And it's like, who says, where did this come from? And it's, it does come yeah. from habit and, and, you know, consistency of focusing on the wrong things. I think mm-hmm. just bringing back like the novelty point you made is like, if you're, I think if you're, if anyone's feeling stuck, a great thing to do is just add some, something new to your routine. Like even yeah. if it's once a week, add something new and that creates excitement. Yep. yep for sure. For yeah. sure. That is an amazing idea. Yeah. First, I want to talk on one more thing for just like a few minutes. Um, sure. And you mentioned it a little bit. There's when it comes to vulnerability and strength. All right. So like, I think that women, my personal opinion yes. is that I'll just put that out there. Women are more, it's more acceptable for a woman to be open about her emotional state in a relationship with a man than it is for a man to be open about his. More acceptable by who? By society, by women? More acceptable by society, but also human (laughs) biology. Because I think that there's a certain level of attraction that a woman has to a man who knows what he's doing because she feels protected when a man knows what he's doing. And if he were to open up weight like too much emotionally and just express everything that he's upset about or that he's afraid of, and he's just way too open about that, she may feel like, oh my God, you can't protect me. Like, what do I do instinctually, you know? Yeah, and yeah sure. Yeah. I think it's more like, I think that affects the level of attraction in that relationship yeah. because a woman who doesn't feel protected can easily not feel attracted physically to a man. Whereas sure. I feel sure. if a woman were to open up emotionally, a man would be would be wanting to protect her and wanting to help her. It wouldn't so much affect the level of attraction. Yeah. It certainly could, yeah. but not to the same extent. Sure. Okay. So, so what men can do when they need to express is, again, we come back to not being isolated, not surrounding themselves. Uh, when they don't surround themselves with brothers that they trust, respect, and revere, and men, they can bring their issues to that will call them forward, that will also challenge them to be the best version of themselves they will usually dump that on their intimate partner in some way, whether it's direct or indirect, whether it's passive or whether it's aggressive. And so that's why it's so important that men have other men that they can relate to and get feedback from. And so when they do come to their, to their partner with a problem and say, look, darling, this is where I'm at. And maybe they do cry or maybe they do have emotion. Yeah. And that's okay. Emotions. It is because it's coming from a greater stability because they've worked through it in their own sovereignty and they've been more self-reliant, which demonstrates to them and to others that they have that confidence in themselves and that ability to ask for help of their other fellow men. 
And that's very important. So they come with a very different energy. Instead of having a needy or confused or, or volatile or uh, just panicky energy, they come with a very different energy. And that, that helps with the dynamic. I think that, does that answer your question? Yeah. 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 Essentially There's find a tribe. Yeah. Find a tribe. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. Find a tribe so that you can work through it with your tribe. And then, you know, if you're, if you are telling your woman, then yeah. tell her, but also tell her like, I'm, I know what I'm going to do about it. Or like, I'm yeah. going to find a men's circle a that, that yeah. yeah, that's it. Coming with a solution or a series of solutions. You can even say, Hey, I don't know what I'm going to do, mm-hmm. but I'm working on it. Or these are some of the options, but I'm not certain what I'm going to take, but I'm certain that I'm working on it. That level of certainty is important. Mm-hmm. Find a men's circle, find a, find a men's group that works for you. If it doesn't, then create one yourself as a man. That's important too. It's easy to do, just requires courage. Yeah. I love that. Thanks so much. That was great. Yeah, you're very, very welcome. Uh, well, this is great. I so appreciate what you do and I love, I love your content. I'm going to continue to follow you. And can the guys find you to see your... Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So on Instagram or Facebook, Stephanos Safandos and my website, stephanossafandos.com. Awesome. All right. Thanks so much, Steph. And um, Thank you. I, I, I appreciate you. Just want you to know that. Likewise. I appreciate being here. Thank you so much.